Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. Today I'm really excited to be talking uh, about Sabbath. This is a, a concept an idea that we see in the Bible that if you've been in church for, for any stretch of time, you've probably heard this idea of Sabbath. And if you're like me, you have fought tooth and nail against this idea of Sabbath. And you said, no, Sabbath was taken care of on the cross and I enter into Sabbath by trusting in Jesus. So I'm going to work super hard all the time. And that's one way to, that's one way to do it. But what Amber and I have been learning over the, the last year or so is the, uh, the, the goodness and the, the fulfillment that comes in the fullness of life that you can step into as we practice the rhythm and the resistance of rest. Because as we have found, we're going to talk about it a little bit, there is a resistance that keeps us from wanting to enter into the Sabbath. So before we get there, what I want to, to open with is this, this, this important foundational idea that each and every one of us is being formed into something all the time. All, right? all of us are being spiritually formed to become something. But the, the question is, what is it, right? What is it that we are becoming? What is it that, that we are becoming? Because as we go through our day, you know, whatever it is, whether it's attending church or when it's, we're in school, what we watch on TV, what we read, what, uh, you know, news organizations you listen to, uh, you know, who you hang out with, everything that we surround ourselves with, everything that we look at transforms us and forms us into something. I remember probably 12 years ago, I was in Morocco with a, with a group from, from New Day, and Graham McKegg, Dr. McKegg now, was, was with us, and we were on a train going uh, from, I believe it was Tangier, Morocco, which is on the northeast coast, down to Morocco, we were, or to Marrakesh. We were literally on the Marrakesh Express, if that means anything to anybody. And so we're going down, and Graham is Irish, and he, we run into this this group, this group of hippies from Ireland that are traveling uh, through Ireland and or through Morocco, and Graham's really excited. Here's some more Irish people, and that we're talking, and they said to him, "He's uh, oh, we didn't even know you were Irish because we couldn't hear your accent." And there is this downcast look that comes over <laughs> Graham's face. Uh, he's like, "Oh, I've, I'm becoming American," <laughs> right? Uh, and like to us, like. He still has an accent, right? Like, it's pretty clear. But he, he had been around Americans for so long that he's starting to lose his accent. Right? And the same is when I hang out with people from, from Britain, I start, to pick up, I start to pick up that accent. I hear myself doing something. I'm like, why am I doing that? Right? We just be, start to become what we hang around, right? We start to become, uh, you know, what we look at. You know, maybe you heard your mom or your dad say to you, you hang out with those guys so much, you're starting to sound like them. You hang out with those guys so much, you're starting to act like them, right? It's, it's important that we recognize that all this stuff is forming us. But as Christ followers, what we want, right, is to be transformed into the image of Christ. We want to be transformed into the image of 
of Christ. And my working definition that I took from Robert Mulholland in a little book he wrote called An Invitation to a Journey is that spiritual formation is the process of being formed into the image of Christ for the sake of others. Right? That is what our goal is. And I could spend all morning just talking about that sentence, but I will not. But it is this process of being transformed. And the way we are transformed is by gazing into the, the face of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Right? There's something about gazing into the Lord's glory, beholding the face of God. When we, we hold that before us, right, uh, we become like what we behold. So we become more like Jesus. Right? That is the process. And there are a number of, of practices right, that help us to grow in our spiritual formation. Right? We call these the spiritual disciplines. Right? These help us to become more like Jesus. They, you know, things like fasting. Sounds fun, right? Fasting and prayer and service and giving and silence and solitude, Bible reading and Sabbath all cause us to turn our attention onto Jesus, right? And they allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, right? So it's important that we realize that the spiritual disciplines don't actually get us anything, in a sense, right? They don't make us more holy. They don't make us better people. They don't make Jesus love us anymore. But the, the spiritual disciplines are the sail that we raise which catches the wind of the Spirit, Right? And so we raise the sail to allow the Holy Spirit to catch us and to move us. <laughs> Anybody know what that's from? from? What about Bob? It's the most spiritually formative movie that we've ever seen. Right? And so we just need to, to get ourselves, maybe force ourselves, discipline ourselves, <laughs> baby, steps to, baby steps to spiritual formation. That was so good. I just Googled sale, and that's what came up. <laughs> okay. So, right, and so today we're talking specifically about Sabbath, but I would love to do a whole year-long, I don't care how long it takes, talking about the value of the, the spiritual disciplines, because we kind of fight against that, right? It's like, I don't want to, if, if, if I really love Jesus, right, I'm just going to frolic in his presence, right? And it's going to be so good. It's like, but there comes a time where you have to discipline yourself. And you have to go, I'm just going to get up and read the Bible this morning and allow the transformative work of the Spirit to happen in my life. Okay, so everything forms us. We're being formed. Sabbath helps form us into the image of Christ. And so Sabbath, this is a quote from Abraham Lincoln, he says, uh, if you give me six hours to cut down a tree, I'll spend the first four sharpening my axe. Seems like a waste of time, doesn't it? I don't know. I don't cut down a lot of trees. It's probably valuable. Abraham Lincoln said it. Right? And, and so there's this, this idea, right, that we need to take care of our equipment, right? That we need to 
to keep it at prime operating something, insert a good word there, so that it can be effective at what it is created to do. And in the same way, if we are going to grow physically and grow emotionally and grow spiritually, we need to take care of our bodies because guess what? We aren't actually machines that can keep working and working and working. I uh, read a, a study a couple weeks ago that many, many people are working 70, 80, 90 hours a, a week. But they, the, the studies showed that nothing productive actually happens after hour 55. After hour 55, you're just spinning your wheels and you're just sitting in your office and you're on Facebook and you're not at your prime, right? You're just spending time in busyness, right? And so that we, as human beings, we need to learn how to rest. And, and, and this is challenging for me. I, I am in so many ways, I'm preaching to myself this morning because I am trying to, to learn this. I've heard this message for 25 years as a Christ follower. And it's really just in the last year or so that I'm starting to get it. I'm starting to walk it out. I'm starting to see the fruit of the discipline of Sabbath in my life. Because I love getting stuff done. I can work my fingers to the bone, right? I can get, just keep working. I'm at the office. I'm studying. I'm writing a paper, right? I'm writing a sermon. I'm meeting with people. I'm leading this thing and that thing. And I can just keep going until I fall into my bed exhausted at the end of the day. And often, if I'm honest with myself, I fall into bed exhausted at the end of the day with this sense of pride that I am somebody. I am valuable. Look how hard I've been working. Look at all I've accomplished, Father. I am something valuable. But busyness and workaholism just are not virtues, right? Busyness and workaholism are not virtues, but they reveal insecurity and they reveal a lack of trust. And I believe that just like tithing is an act of, of trust in the area of our, of our finances, right? It, sometimes it makes no sense to tithe to give to the Lord, to be generous. But we go, you know, God, I trust you with all my finances, so here is a portion. In the same way, taking a Sabbath, learning to, to rest, is a declaration of trust with our time. And God, it makes no sense to stop working right now. There it, you know. And, and I'm not any busier than, than anybody else, right? But it's like, it feels like, man, I got this paper to write for school. I've got this thing to do at church. I've got these kids that need some uh, attention, theoretically, right? I've got to watch the new Avengers movie. There's a lot of, of stuff going on, right? There's always something that, that needs to be done. Everybody in my neighborhood was raking their leaves or their, their leaves and cleaning up their yards and picking up sticks yesterday. And I was like, I do not have time for that. I'll have to do it tomorrow. Oh, wait, tomorrow's Sabbath. Okay, I won't do it. I'll fight. We'll figure it out. Right? And it's just, but taking the time, going, I am choosing to stop is a declaration of trust in God. 
In his book called An Unhurried Life, Alan Alan Fadling writes this. He says, we make a mistake when we try to establish our identity through our work rather than realizing that our identity is shaped and strengthened in the place of Sabbath rest and then expressed in our work. We make a mistake when we try to establish our identity through our work. And I'll just be honest. It's what I do. I try to to prove how valuable and important I am by, look at all this stuff that I'm accomplishing. I must be good. If I keep working... I'll, I'll prove it. And, and Amber and I, when we began Sabbathing, and we'll talk about what this exactly looks like and why we use that, that terminology, even though it's a little bit old-fashioned, right? we, we found that it, uh, what my busyness w- was doing was keeping me from actually dealing with my emotions, with the pain, with the fear, and the worry, and the insecurity. Right? If I'm super busy, I don't have to listen to those scary little voices inside my, my mind that are saying, oh, you're not good enough. You're not going to make it. You don't have what it takes. Just quit right now. All these things. I, I can work and I can prove those voices don't have any control over me as opposed to when we entered into Sabbath and I put my phone away and I just said, right, I'm just going to stop. I can't can't read school books today. I can't do anything today. I'm just resting. All of a sudden, these inner voices kind of start rising up, saying, you got to get some stuff done. If you don't get stuff done, how is anybody going to know how important you are? How is Amber going to know that you're valuable if you don't get this paper done? Right? Everybody's going to, th- and the, one of the big ones is, people are going to think you're lazy if you aren't working right now. And I'm like, oh, I don't want people to think I'm lazy. I'm an Enneagram 3, and Enneagram 3s like to get stuff done, and they like to show everybody else how good they are. We're very performance-oriented. And I was listening to this podcast about uh, Enneagram 3s, and uh, if you want to know more about the Enneagram, you can talk to myself or Amber later. Uh, But I was listening to it, and they said, it's very difficult for 3s to leave work early. And I was like, Amen. That is so true. I, it is so hard for me to leave work before Cameron, like because I'm like, if I leave, he's gonna think I'm lazy. Right? He's gonna think I'm just, you know, sailing through or what? I, you know, he's just gonna think I'm. I don't even know what he's gonna think. Because the reality is that's not what he's gonna think, right? Right? But in my mind, I'm like, oh, I gotta prove myself because I'm full of insecurities. And we need to stop and we need to, to exercise some, some discipline. In the, the psalm that Israel read this morning, Psalm 139, at the end it has that prayer of examine, search me, O God, in, in the NIV, you know, see if there be any wicked way in me. And I think it was beautiful the way that the, the passion said, is, am I on a path of, of pain? Right, we need to examine ourselves. Where, where am I going? Why am I going there? I remember walking, this is nothing, this is in my notes. We'll see what happens. I was walking into, so Amber and I are practicing Sabbath. We're learning to recognize what's going on in our hearts. We're trying to settle down the, uh, 
just the, the busyness and pay attention to our emotions. This is about emotional health as well. Right? And I'm walking into the, the library at Cornerstone University. I'm just down, just feeling down. And I remember grabbing the door, opening it, and the Holy Spirit saying, you're depressed. And I'm like, that's weird. What? Okay, I'm depressed. And I felt like, all right, pray, pray the examine. Pray the prayer. You know, search me, oh God. And I go, all right, God, well, why, why am I depressed? Because you're scared about this thing. Oh, why am I scared? And so I kept asking these questions until it got down to this point where it was like, oh, it's because I don't trust you, God. I'm depressed because I don't trust you. And everything in my life is trying to hold myself, my family, my emotions together. And so all that being said, that Sabbath helps us to look inside, to stop the busyness, to quiet the noise, to allow ourselves to understand what God is doing in us so we can get healthy spiritually and emotionally and physically. Okay, that was a longish intro, wasn't it? So Sabbath comes from a, a Jewish word, Shabbat, uh, which means to, to, to cease, to pause, to rest, or to stop, right? And so you know, you, maybe you've heard, uh, I don't know where you would have heard that, Shabbat Shalom, you know, Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom. You know, it's this, you know, have, have peace on your Sabbath. Find welfare in your Sabbath. Find peace in your rest is what Jewish people say to one another on, on the Sabbath. And it's this idea that it's time, and we, we see it in Scripture, we're going to look at a number of Scriptures here in a second, that we are invited in by the Creator of all things to a place of rest. Not because we're lazy, but because that's how we were designed. Okay? So, this is the first version of the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. And Moses writes, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. Uh, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. Right? That's everybody. That's, that is all inclusive. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Right? And so we are invited in to Sabbath. Why? Because God worked for six days, creating everything, and then he rested, and we are invited into that same rhythm. And why, but why do we fight against it? Why do we push against it? Maybe I'm the only one. Israel, am I the only one? No, okay. So, so we push against this idea of Sabbath, right? Because there's something in us that doesn't want to stop. And guess what? It's not because it's 2019. This is from, I don't know, 4,000 years ago, give or take. Maybe that's too much, 3,000? I don't know. Amber? <laughs> okay. Right? This, is a, this is a human problem, not a 2019 problem. Right? We don't want to rest. We don't want to stop. 
We push against it. But we see we are invited into rest because God is the creator. He created everything. And we get to follow that example. But then in Deuteronomy, Moses is, so this, so Deuteronomy is, they're on the, the east side of the Jordan. They're about to enter into the promised land. Moses, unfortunately, doesn't get to, to go. So this Deuteronomy is like one sermon. Should be a real long day, I imagine, there, east side of the Jordan. And so he's just telling, and he's reiterating the law. He's reiterating all the things that God told him. And so here he's talking about the Ten Commandments. And he says, Deuteronomy 5, 12 to 15, though we're skipping some of it. He says, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. All right, we remember that. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath. Isn't it interesting that in that we were given these Ten Commandments, they're, in, they're, they're the same ten in both Deuteronomy and Exodus, and in the first one he says, enter into the Sabbath because I created and then rested. Okay, we can do that. And in the second one, he said, you know, enter into the Sabbath, keep it holy, be, because you were slaves and I brought you into freedom. And so in these two uh, remembrances or these two reasons to practice the Sabbath, we see God revealing himself as creator and redeemer. And, and we are invited to remember that God is the creator, God is the redeemer, and we can enter into rest because of it. We have important parts to play in the creation. We are called to co-rule with God, right? We are called to, to subdue the earth, to be fruitful and to fill it. We have an incredibly important role in creation. And guess what? We also have an incredibly important role in redemption, Right? In, in, in freedom, in, in, in getting ourselves and other people into freedom. Right? And so it can feel like, oh, I've got so much to do. I've got to keep this world spinning. I've got to keep the church spinning. I've got to keep, uh, you know, I gotta keep my, my business or my work spinning. I've got to keep all up with all this stuff. Or, right, oh, I, I need to meet with this person and I need to, to love on this person. I've got to do all this kind of redemptive healing stuff. And those are all really good. But God says, hey, guess what? It doesn't revolve around you. Take a step back. I've got this. I'm the creator. I'm the redeemer. I'm pointing to myself, but I was, play I was playing like I was God. <laughs> I, I, I'm the redeemer. I'm the creator. And that's hard to do. He's the creator. He's the redeemer. I don't have to hold all this together. And so what we see in these two versions of the Sabbath command show us that we are called to enjoy God as creator and, in, and the redeemer in the context of Sabbath rest. We are, and it's about joy. It's about rest. It's about restoration. It's not about this legalistic practice, right? Oh, I got to get Sabbath right. 
I've got to stop working. Right, in, the, in the time of Jesus, rabbis created all these codes of regulation surrounding the Sabbath, you know, helping people to know what they could do and, and what they could do. And, and I read in, in one book that these, uh, there were 39 specific acts on the Sabbath that were un- not allowed. And they were sowing and plowing and reaping and threshing and winnowing and grinding and sifting and kneading and baking and spinning and weaving and hunting and slaughtering and building and hammering and transporting. They're adding all this stuff. Like, you can't do this. You can't do anything. You can't hunt. That's crazy. That seems restful. Really? Delaware. So they made, they made, they created this, this legalistic, weighty law legislation about what you could do and what you couldn't do on the Sabbath. But God's Sabbath command is super clear. Don't work. Don't work. And it's different for different people. Um, I value exercise. I think exercise is really important. I don't enjoy it. It's not restful for me. It's not worshipful for me. So I'm not going to do it on the Sabbath. Right? It's not going to happen. Right? Uh, so somebody else might be just, they might get life from, from running. Right? And uh, Bill Menser probably gets life from running. And so, can, can you run on the Sabbath? Sure. Because it's not about the, the legal prescription. The, the question that, that Amber and I ask ourselves every Sabbath is like, is this restful? Is this worshipful? Okay. We're going to do that. We'll get, that's, I'm getting into the, into the details there. That's not where I want to go yet. But the, 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 the Pharisees, the religious leaders, create all this legalistic regulation about the Sabbath. And guess what? Jesus runs afoul of them. <laughs> I can figure out which way my Bible goes. I'm real relaxed today, apparently. Okay, Luke chapter 13. Oh, I've got it up here. Never mind. Okay, Luke chapter 13, starting in verse 10, is one of the, the stories of Jesus encountering uh, the, the Pharisees on a Sabbath. So, it says, On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, The synagogue leader said to the people, there are six days for work, so come and be healed on one of those days, not on the Sabbath. Ridiculous. The Lord answered him, you hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with the wonderful things he was doing. Because Jesus is bringing the people who are under the weight of this legalistic performance into freedom. 
And we see more and more that Jesus' healings on the, the Sabbath are a proclamation that the Sabbath day is for restoration, it is for joy, it is for wholeness, it is for our flourishing. Right? As Christ followers, we are called to step into lives that are flourishing. And, if, and I think that there's something about entering into Sabbath because it is so countercultural, right? Everybody's busy. Everybody's got stuff to do. But we're called to a, a different way of life, the way of Jesus that should look differently in some way than the not Christ follower, right? And so when we enter into Sabbath, when we find the fullness of, of life that that brings, we uh, set, are set apart and it makes people go, man, what is going on with that guy? What's going on with that family? They're living in a fullness that I am not experiencing. And so later in, in Mark, Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. All right, so don't, we don't want to get legalistic about what this looks like. Just go, what is restful? What is worshipful? I'm going to do that. Did that? Okay, so how do we start? How do you even start practicing the Sabbath? Right, this, Mark, that sounds great. <laughs> I'm not sure where I'm going to find 24 hours in my, in my day to start practicing Sabbath. Um, well, I don't think you necessarily uh, need to be legalistic about it, right? You, uh, which I've already said, but, you know, we kind of think about the Sabbath, oh, it's Sunday, right? It's all day Sunday. And that might work for you, and it might not work for you. Um, Sunday, Sunday tends to be kind of a busy day for me. Uh, and so, uh, so to go, I'm going to Sabbath all day Sunday, uh, just doesn't, it just doesn't work, right? And so what we do is we practice Sabbath from Sunday afternoon, whenever we, we get home, we, oh, maybe it's 2 o'clock, and we turn our phone. Amber's really good at turning her phone off. I'm struggling with this. We try to turn our phones off and we just rest. We find, we just turn things off. I don't read. I don't do anything. Uh, I know uh, another friend that, sa- that Sabbaths on Wednesday because that's his day off. It can be said. I know friends that go, man, in this season of life, I've only got two hours and that's where he's starting. Great. Go for it. You know, but it. It's, it's this idea of learning these baby steps, right? Baby steps into, uh, into Sabbath. Like learning to just sit back and to, to rest in, in God and go, all right, I am not responsible for making everything happen. And it's really hard. And as an Enneagram 3 or as an Enneagram 9 or as whatever you are, like, it's hard to, to stop. And we all have different reasons that it's difficult to, to stop. But for all of us, we're all on the same page. It's hard to stop. And so these little baby steps, I'm going to take one hour to learn to rest. Right? Just start somewhere because it begins to reorient how you see the rest of your time. You know, when I Sabbath for... You shoot for 24 hours. We're not always, we're a little shy of that sometimes. Uh, but it helps me to reorient the other six days. Right now I see the other six days going, oh, I'm not responsible for everything that happened. 
All right, I have a role to play. I've got important stuff that I'm supposed to do. But ultimately, God's creator, God's redeemer, and I can rest in him. And I'm going to prove that I'm doing that by taking a Sabbath. Okay? So just start somewhere. And then ask yourself, is it restful? Is it worshipful? All right, we all have different pathways that we how we encounter God. Some people are studiers. They really encounter God as they're pouring through the, the biblical text or commentaries or, or whatever, right? Some people are more contemplative and they encounter God as they sit quietly and journal while listening to instrumental music. Some people like to be outside and in the, taking a walk in the woods and that's where you feel connected to God. Some people, you know, like I said, they like exercising and so they feel connected with God when they're out running or lifting weights. I imagine Anthony connects when he's lifting weights. Um, anyway, uh, but what is restful to you? What is worshipful? Do that. Work is work. Work doesn't... No. There's, one, there's only one thing you can't do. <laughs> there's only one thing you can't do. And it's work. Sorry, friend. <laughs> so, yeah. And I was like, I need some, I need some, I need some more. Like, how do, how do you start? I need some more bullet points. I got no more bullet points. This is it. This is all I got. What is restful? What is, what is worshipful? Just start somewhere. This is optional but recommended. Turn off your phone. Turn off the television. Turn off whatever it is that distracts you from being present. Right? When I, like I said, when we started practicing Sabbath, it was when I calmed down the outside noises enough to listen to what Holy Spirit was saying in my heart and in my mind. And when I'm on... Instagram, when I'm on Facebook, right, I'm just, I'm still in this cycle of performance and activity and, oh, you know, somebody's doing this thing, I should do a thing, and, oh, should I, how do I present myself so I look valuable and, and important, right? Ugh. You just quit social media, it's so bad. Anyway, and so I, I need to, and it's hard for me, like, and this is a practice, we're not going to just do it perfectly the first time, we just try. I remember one of the, the first times we were like, today is the Sabbath and we're starting this day and we're ending uh, at, at this time and we entered into it. It was good for like 45 minutes and then all hell broke loose and all this stuff was going on that I got to deal with my kids and I got to do this thing and somebody else needs me and whatever, it happens. It happens and it's okay. But it's like, oh, I'm practicing, I'm working on it, I'm going to get better at this. I'm going to learn, oh man, yesterday I had my phone off for three hours. It was so good before I had to find out what people thought of me. Right? And, and, but, the, you know, what does it take, right? Practice it, walk it out, do it. And, and it's easier to do it in community, Right? And so it's easier for Amber and I because we can hold each other accountable, right? We can, we can do it together, and it's just, it's been really, really good. Oh, here's another thing that's, how do you start? Uh, Saturday, you remember in the Bible they talk about preparation day? Well, preparation day was the, the day before the Sabbath when they would prepare for the Sabbath. Um, Eugene Peterson, are there still kids in here? Yeah, there are. Okay, Eugene Peterson has this term, what he calls a bastard Sabbath, and, and, and he says that this bastard Sabbath is, um, 
is this like Sabbath where you say, I'm not working, but you're doing the laundry and you're doing the dishes and you're cleaning the yard and you're doing all the stuff that's built up. Like what Amber and I do, didn't work yesterday, see we're practicing, is that everything we do, we try to get the house cleaned, the activities done, all the stuff ready. We go grocery shopping, get the laundry done Saturday, our preparation day, so that when we hit Sunday, right, we can just watch the Tigers game and we can, we can rest. Because Tigers is restful. <laughs> uh, and, and worshipful. So, anyway, so... So enter into the Sabbath. Allow it to reorient the other six days. Enter into uh, this declaration of, of trust that, God, you are my creator. You are the redeemer. And you have not commanded, though he did. He definitely did command. You have invited me in to rest. And it doesn't make any sense. And it's countercultural. And I've got a lot to do. But because I love you, because I trust you, and because I want to step into the flourishing that you've promised me, I am going to do it. Okay, last quote. God's greatest commandment to us isn't get more things done, but to love him with the whole of our energies, capacities, passions, and to the extent, and to extend that love to others. And love isn't rushed. Take some time to slow down and enter into rest, enter into Sabbath. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And we're so grateful that you have invited us in to rest, into Sabbath. That you are the great creator, that you are the great redeemer. And we declare that this morning. And we repent for the ways that we have tried to become and felt like we are the center of the universe. Lord, we just step out of that place and we return you there. And Lord, I ask that each of us, as we step into Sabbath in whatever way we're capable of, Lord, that you would help us to, to reorient our lives around you as the center, you as the, the, the one who holds everything together. You are the one who will see us through our, our trials and our troubles and our difficulties. Lord, we love you and we thank you that we enter into Sabbath rest through Jesus, who is our victory and who has accomplished everything for us. Lord, we love you, and uh, we just give you glory, and we thank you for rest. In your name we pray, amen.